0: Welcome to another episode of Three Night Bender. It is December nineteenth. The holidays are right around the corner. We've got another great show for you tonight. I am Hauser as always, and I am joined by the Booze Man. Booze Man, how you doing? I'm good. How are you doing? <laughs> the Boozeman.
1: Man. Booze-ass. I feel like I feel like you're slowly like just like taking notches away from Oh yeah,
0: from episode one. Next next week you're the Boozaholic. Okay, so. cool. <laughs> Get ready for it. <laughs> Um, We've got a good show for you tonight. We're going to talk about some different things. Obviously, UCF football, big week in recruiting for them. We've got some other uh, general college football uh, discussion we'll have. Men's basketball for UCF. They've had some games recently. We want to talk about that. the, The Magic, we'll briefly mention them. And then we've got some Christmas wishes for sports that we're going to discuss. So that'll be fun and interesting. Absolutely. Well, uh, we're going to start off the big news of the week: UCF recruiting yesterday. Oh, you know what? I forgot our most important part should of our show. We start over. No, 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 no. Would you just you... want to keep going? Yeah, okay, yeah. Let's just, yeah. With let's just is... run with it. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? I forgot. I was not going to have my whistle wet for this show. We have a beer for tonight. It is a unique beer, and I'm going to let the booze man, Boozaz, introduce it as always. So I'll so turn it over to you. Our him. whole
1: little gimmick here is that I talk about <laughs> alcohol, my name is Boozos, and we're going to completely ignore this. Uh, this is actually a local brew. It's from um, uh, Crooked Can right up in Winter uh, Winter Garden. It's called Mr. Tractor. It's a Kölsch, which is a German-style beer. You can find it primarily made, I believe in Cologne, Germany. That area like by the Rhine River in Germany is where this type of beer originates from. But it's pretty good beer. It's one of my favorites. Kölsch style is one of my favorites too. It's very light. It's good lager type beer and yeah, I think you'll like it quite a bit. I'm just into the artwork on all the beer that you you hand to me.
0: This is another That's what
1: catches me when I go down in like an aisle like if I'm walking around Total Wine, that's what I look for is the cool-looking cans. So and Mr. and like the the uh, crooked can brewing has like that cool little guy where you can see like he's got like the little the little, uh, it's not a top hat. What do you call that? Like the bowler hat? Oh, oh what is that bowler? called? Yeah, I think it's called a bowler hat. Pork I think. pork pie hat maybe. Is that what it is? Uh, I don't know. It's, it's a to... hat that 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 uh, odd job from James Bond throws at people. Oh, no, you're, so you're on your own there. You don't watch James Bond films? No, man. Oh my god. Well, let's crack <laughs> this over. All right. Cheers. I'm gonna have to drink to that. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs>
0: You really don't watch James Bond movies? I, You know what? You're into Star Wars and James Bond. and
1: Those are two completely different things. But I'm
0: saying those are things that I'm not into. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. I'm not, I'm not going to judge you. But I am into UCF football, so let's talk about that. <laughs> we got uh, UCF recruiting the big news this week. Uh, yesterday was early National Signing Day. It's been that way for the last few years. It makes things different and exciting. Uh, a lot yeah. of the-
1: Give us something to look forward to in the in December when it starts getting becoming the dead period. So. Yeah, but I think it's tough on the coaches,
0: man. They've got a oh, yeah. a lot of them are preparing for bowls and switching well, jobs. And if
1: I recall, like right about now, like right after early signing day, it goes to another dead period where colleges can can't talk to kids right, again for right. several weeks. So they get a, they get like two weeks worth of talking right before early signing day after not being able to speak to them like all in the fall. And so then they sign on December eighteenth. I know it changes every, like a little bit every year. And I remember I was talking to. Um, a buddy of mine is recruiting. He actually coaches over, he's coached Mac, uh, McMillan up in uh, University of Tennessee, um, Tennessee Martin, which is like the northwest corner of Tennessee. And he was saying that it's just difficult around this time of year because of the lack of communication. And they changed like the year, the, the schedule of the year. I think they, they said they made it like a year or like a week early. So it kind of screwed with all of the plans and stuff because last year they ended late. And so they started early. So it kind of like made it more difficult for recruiting on, on their end. So, hearing that from a college coach that's very heavy in Florida recruiting, he so said it's been this is goes into the nightmare period where you know you just try to monitor kids. You're not allowed to talk to them, try to see if they're going to stick with you, if they're going to flip to another school. You know, it's pretty crazy. Right. So, and I,
0: I can imagine a new coach like Norvell at FSU. I mean, he comes in and he has like what, a week? He has a week. Hit the trail and he grabs a couple really good po- He got a couple good prospects. He, so, he hit he the did, ground But running. I mean, if you had a. Offer from FSU, and you were thinking about committing. You may not have an offer anymore when a new coach comes in. That is very true. But that's
1: that's why that's the difference between the early signing period and actual signing in February. I think the the normal signing day is what February fifteenth or something like that. Yeah, yeah. So even if you, that's why it has to be that way. I mean, you can't. This can't be the new only signing time because when you have all these changes that happen to coaches after the regular season. Uh, i think they usually call like the last day of college football to schools or even the nfl they call it black monday that monday after the conference title games and everything is over and you're going into the postseason if you obviously don't have the opportunity to play in a bowl you're probably going to be fired now fsu i believe is playing in a bowl so it's not but they just wanted to get a fresh start and try to find someone as quick as possible and they knew that norvell was obviously a a hot ticket might uh, a hot ticket coach on the market so they went after him really hard and really quick and it was Felt so much like Scott Frost, like that whole situation yeah. just kind of like made my like the hairs in the back of my neck stand up. It Just was like almost a mirror perfect thing that happened.
0: Well, and the difference is he's not able to coach for Memphis in the mm-hmm. bowl game, and they're playing in a big bowl game. So Correct. That's tough. Disappointing. Yeah. It's tough on those kids, right? You know? And and as being a part of the American, we want Memphis to do well and keep absolutely. I want them to the beat and... the
1: living crap out of Penn State. Yeah. It's just gonna make us look look better. It helps us in recruiting helps our conference prestige and status so that's the best thing that can happen to us as we continue to win these new year six bowls well uh let's talk about ucf recruiting uh how many recruits did we get yesterday uh, we had 17 that signed their letters of intent so 17 prospects right out the gate i mean generally every recruiting season you're shooting between 20 and 25 uh depends on how many scholarships you have to offer obviously because you're the amount of scholarships you can have i believe for an ncaa division one team is 75 or 85 85 yep so if you're if you're It's all going to depend on what you can offer based on how many scholarships you actively have. That will depend on your senior class. We don't have as many seniors, so I don't know what our cap will be this year. Um, But 17 is a really good number for early signing day. That's a lot of kids. And depending on what website you follow for your recruiting news, uh, if you follow 24-7, for example, every kid that we recruited was a three-star so far. So we have nothing but three-star kids coming to our program. And a lot of them are some big-time names with some legacy at other schools. Like we flipped a cornerback whose father played for the University of Miami, which was kind of a big deal um and i just saw actually we just saw a kid uh, uh emmett smith's uh son this isn't ucf yeah, news yeah, but yeah. you know he was flipped to go from florida and now he's gonna play for stanford yeah. so you, you, get, you get those kind of cool little things that happen with recruiting and if you didn't see that message on twitter and he been, that was posted his dad talking about this is my son's journey and whatever i thought it was really cool absolutely so, like, that's going away from ucf football but another cool rec- recruiting thing but we had some big time players come to our program a lot of beef a lot of big beef. Yeah, you know, my, one of my favorite picks that we got so far is Paul Rubert from Germany. Oh, oh my God! Six ten, three hundred and ten pounds. This is going to be an experiment here. Probably. I, I, mean, I don't. I've
0: never heard of an offensive lineman being this tall before.
1: No, I, actually, I, I read an article that said that if he did make it to the NFL, he would be the tallest player at his position in NFL history. Uh, there hasn't been an offensive lineman bigger than six nine. We had a seven foot defensive tackle play in the NFL a couple of years ago, which was insane. And if you don't, if if you're not like a true like die hard football enthusiast, and you don't like, or if it's more if you're not a coach, you understand that height can be detrimental to players depending on your position. And a big thing with offensive and defensive linemen is if you're taller, it's harder for you to lower yourself, you know, towards the ground to get better leverage on the player in front of you. So it was always hard for me at six four to get below a defensive end that might be 5'8". Right. Because, you know, sometimes you get those little jitter, you know, the little jitterbug kids that get down, and they're super quick, and they can get under your chest and under your pad level. They have better leverage on you. So it sucks when you're a lot taller than everyone else, and they can just kind of manipulate your midsection to beat you on the line of scrimmage. So uh, at 6'10", he's going to be a target. That's going to be sure. interesting to see how that pans out. I mean, we're all in his corner, and it's it's cool. And yeah. he's from Germany, so yeah, he he was actually the first guy who signed. Yeah, he was, and he was also he, he apparently played his entire like youth through the German football system. So he's one of the first collegiate, full bred German products, which is pretty cool to know that Germany. I didn't know Germany had youth leagues, and no, like I it's didn't. not like he's like I don't think he's a kid that's like living on an air force base with his dad or right. anything like that. Like he, he's because we have a buddy who did that yeah. in high school. And so like we have like a legitimate, he's like a national, you know, German player coming over here. So I think that's really, really cool to know that the American football game is spreading like that and becoming much more diverse where, you know, like soccer is like the world game. Maybe we can get football, the real football to uh, be a more diverse world game like that. That'd be pretty cool. Um, Some other really good players that we got, you know, we picked up some defensive end. I'm just going to kind of go through the list real quick. Uh, The one that I really like that I think is going to be a stud for us is uh, Jacayas Credle uh, coming from Columbus, Georgia. Wide receiver, 6'4", 200 pounds. He looks like he can be like the replacement for Gabe Davis. So that's going to give us a really big body target receiver. Um, When you're looking at his metric score, he's really close to being a four star on like the ranking system. Again, I I think I preached not that long ago, about the whole stars are really worthless and stupid because it's basically pay to be ranked and you know, the more money you pay and the more camps should go to. And depending on what schools you're looking at, that'll move your stars up and down. Um, and I think we told the story about the kid that said he was from Alabama. It was a made up account on Twitter. He's like, I'm being recruited by Alabama and r- rivals gave him four stars. Yeah. So it tells you, and he didn't, it wasn't even a real kid. It was a burner account. someone made on Twitter <laughs> just a screw with college football. So that should tell you that the system isn't super accurate all the time. And okay. that, and for those of you who don't know, there's multiple rating uh, there is. companies there's here. Tons there's tons of them. 247,
0: Rivals, ESPN has their own. So there's a lot of different ones that people look at. And again, just like Booz is saying, you know, the Stars, they, they're, they're good to a point. But it's really about recruiting the right kids and, exactly. and doing your homework. And exactly. UCF has proven time after time that they're able to do that and really see the value. In,
1: in yeah, it is. And there, there is a, there's obviously a strong correlation. People with what are ranked as the best recruiting classes in the nation are generally some of the best teams in the nation. You look at Alabama, Clemson, Georgia. Those three alone have been three of the best recruiting uh, colleges the last five years. And they've been perennially national title contenders. So obviously if you're recruiting kids who are ranked as four and five stars it's going to lead to some success but that is not always accurate i mean you got plenty of people that go play division one double a two three and they make it into the nfl for example jerry rice one of the greatest football players who ever lived played for mississippi valley which is a one double a school and it's it was a hbcu school which is even like kind of a little more lower in terms of talent because back then you obviously only had Certain amount of scholarship kids going to those schools, and they, you know, that wasn't your first choice. Like you wanted to go play for Oklahoma or whatever. You're not going to go to a small one to play unless you need to. So, you know, if you, if you can get the greatest football player of all time coming from a small school like that, Terrell Owens played for a tiny school. So, right. I just, just you know, big. There's some big time. Randy, Randy Moss played, for, Moss played Marshall. for Marshall. Exactly. He's the
0: guy at, at Chicago right now. Was a two star. He played for Buffalo. Uh, he's a defensive lineman. Uh, God, he's like the best, or maybe he's an end. But he's, like, the best player in the league. God, I have to look his name Played up. for Buffalo? Like no, Buffalo he Bills? for Buff- – no, 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 Buffalo uh, – the- Oh, Khalil Mack. Yeah, Khalil yeah, Mack. Yeah, Khalil Mack
1: played for the University of Buffalo, yeah, outside yeah. linebacker defensive end. Yeah, and so it, it can show you that, you're, that you know – and he was, I believe, a two-star recruit. Correct. He, he came from uh, a Florida school, too. Um, oh, God. Uh, it was down in south, like, where my wife's from, in South Florida, the Port St. Lucie area. I think he went to Fort Pierce Central. Okay. That might have been the high school he went to, but – Came from a small, relatively unknown high school football team, because you know, f- none of the teams in th- in St. Lucie County are renowned for being football powerhouses. Goes to University of Buffalo, and you can say he's easily a top five defensive player in the NFL right now. Right. So it's about getting the right players in the right system. That's what matters, and that's why UCF's been successful, because we've been better at it than most for the last decade. Um, so it's just... Get off our soapbox for a second. Let's go back down to this recruiting list. So I just mentioned that uh, the receiver, uh, we we talked already about, uh, the German player. We got Cornelius Forrest Jr., who's a tight end. We actually got multiple tight ends, which is good, because we're going to be losing quite a few. And we haven't really had, a, I would say, like a true burner tight end since um, I think we had Aikens. No, it wasn't Aikens. Who's the one that's playing for uh, Houston right now? (laughs) You got me. Yeah, he played a couple couple years ago, number 88. But he's now playing in the NFL right now. Uh, a tight end. And so it'd be nice to get another studded tight end. We got um, Gabe Davis's brother, Jordan, mm-hmm. who's now going to be coming as a tight end. So we're getting him out of Sanford Seminole. Johnny Richardson, who's kind of an athlete player, is coming out of Lake Wales. I watched his film. He's that like, jitterback who looks freaking... He looks like he can beat AK's replacement. I don't know right. if you watched his film. Yeah, but yeah. and he's a two-star on Rivals. Technically, yes. And he's
0: got like 11 P5 offers. Which,
1: again, doesn't make sense. <laughs> yeah. now, again, none of them are Alabama or whatever. But right. the fact that you have schools like Virginia Tech... And Georgia Tech and some of those ACC schools like offering you should say plenty about your talent and ability. And Lake Wales had a really good football program. They, there's a lot of really good players coming out of that school. I believe yeah. one of the best defensive tackles is coming out of Lake Wales, going to Florida. So that just says a lot about the well, talent was coming was there. is
0: real excited about that running back. Mm-hmm. He was talking as, about as he him. should be because yeah. I mean
1: he's just going to fill that need. We're, we're we're so deep at running back. We got two really good ones coming into this class, um, which is going to be awesome. We got a really good defensive end. Uh, 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 Kendrick Wilson, coming out of Norland, Miami, who's listed three-star, 6'5", uh, 235 pounds. He's a big boy. Um, Joshua Selisgar, who is another defensive end, 6'4", 230. Mike Lofton is a kid that I kind of watched some of his film. He looks like he's going to be a pretty good player for us. Comes out of Clearwater, Florida. Came from a private school. He's a, he's going to be an offensive guard. He's 6'3", three, 300 pounds. I mean, so that's some beef. Um, we got a really cool kid that I'm also excited about. He's coming out of Key West High School.
0: Oh, he's big too, man. Yeah, he's
1: big. He's like 6'5", 3'10". So we got some beef coming up, um, which is going to be awesome because that's, w- that's really what we need is we need to replace some of that size because we're going to be losing about three cons- two starters in the offensive line, one guy who consistently rotated in. We're going to be losing a couple D linemen. So th- those are probably, in my opinion, the biggest need. I know some people uh, kind of flipped out because we w- we didn't get a quarterback that was technically a scholarship player. Uh, the kid that was supposed to kind of give us a look from North Texas kind of bailed. And then we obviously have the biggest notable person we didn't sign was Mike Wright, um, who flipped and signed with Vanderbilt, who best wishes to him because Vanderbilt's one of the best scholastic universities in the country. So right. I have no ill will for him wanting to go get that education because that's what – I mean, not to say UCF education isn't great, but when you have a Vanderbilt label on your diploma, it looks pretty freaking good. So yeah. that, he was the big notable, but we did get a quarterback – uh, he, he's coming from, uh, Wekaiva high school. So I've actually, I can't, oh, did
0: we sign a quarterback from Wakava? Well, he's,
1: he's, he's preferred walk-on. Okay. So he's going to be enrolling to UCF this spring. He's, he's graduating early in this December. Um, I can't remember his name. I'm trying to look to see if well, I can find that's it.
0: That's all we really need is a serviceable quarterback. If the rumors are true and we're going to keep, uh, you know, the, the return of the Mac here, if he's going to come back, then we're going to be okay. And that, regard uh the big thing is we've got dylan gabriel starting for us probably for the next three years and coupled with you know like you said the education that mike wright could get at either northwestern or vandy we knew that he wasn't coming here at that point he knew he wasn't going to play right away at ucf and probably would have had to sit the bench for a while. So a lot of people were shocked by that on the uh, the signing day, but those of us in the know knew, you know, five six days before that he wasn't going to end up coming here. Yeah, which is unfortunate. And I mean, the, the other guy you mentioned too, Cade Renfro, mm-hmm. was the guy out of North Texas. He ended up signing at Old Miss with Did he? Uh, with Lebby. Yeah, of course,
1: because so. I mean Le- that's Levy's position, and right. that's, that's who was recruiting <laughs> him. And and the kid I was talking about, was, his name is Brendan Sear uh he's he's a tall kid he's six five two hundred pounds i've watched I watched him for two years when I was coaching over at Winter Park High School because we played Wakaiva in the regular season both years and then we ended up playing him in the playoffs so i mean he's got an arm he can throw the football he's fairly athletic. They did a lot of and i i think the coach over at Wakaiva actually was on the coaching staff when you were playing at, at edgewater mm-hmm. um I can't remember his name, but he's he was. I'm pretty sure he was the offensive coordinator under um, Campana? Uh Yeah, back you know back then. God, who was that? And, uh, but he's he he heavy running system. You know he rotates his quarterbacks a lot, but he's been at Wakiva since the school opened, and that's just and their coaching staff is kind of weird. They have like three coaches over there, and uh. he just one guy runs the offense, the other guy runs the defense. Is very sand in the dirt, drawn up play kind of thing. <laughs> but um, I think this Brendan kid could is obviously going to give us good depth. I mean he, he's kind of the same position as we'd had with um, Quandry Jones. Preferred walk-on comes in. We all loved Quandry. He was competing for playing time. He was, I believe, a perfect like five for five or six for six in terms of throwing with three or four of those being touchdowns. So, I mean, it's not like Quandry didn't have success here. Um, But obviously he's going on to greener pastures and transferring out. So, you know, we still have that depth because we're going to have Dylan Gabriel coming back who's going to be the incumbent starter. You know, we pray that Mackenzie Milton can make his return. DJ Mack is looking to stay. So we have a pretty well-established quarterback room with a lot of experience, which is something that we couldn't say going into this year, which is pretty awesome.
0: Well, I mean, overall, I feel pretty good about our recruiting class with the guys you mentioned. I think we took care of some needs. Um, You know, if you would have asked me earlier this year, and I would have told you the biggest need we needed was DB, and I think we recruited like five of them.
1: We did. We have, I'm going to go through and just look real quick. We got, we got an inside linebacker right there. So we got one cornerback, one safety, two cornerback, two safety, uh, three cornerback, four cornerback. So we got like six DBs coming in in this class, which is awesome. And I've watched quite a few of them, like six foot plus, like athletic big kids. So got some depth, got some size, which is going to be great. Cause that's, I think that's the biggest, like you just mentioned, the biggest position to knee that you can argue outside of quarterback was the defensive backfield. So our recruiting class isn't as
0: sexy as it's been in the past. I think outside of Josias Credle or however you pronounce his name, um, you know the running back's going to be exciting to look at. But the rest of the guys are just our players that we need to continue what we're doing. Mm -hmm. And um, you know they're they're not going to rush for a thousand yards because they're mostly O linemen and DBs and that kind of stuff. But they're going to help us immensely. And I I think you know I give us a B plus or an A on our recruiting class this year. We're still not done. I think exactly.
1: This is just the early signing period. We still have a possible eight scholarships that we can offer, or more. No,
0: I think we have 22 this year. So 22? Yeah. Okay. So we've got five more five we can more, offer, yeah.
1: and you know we have the next two 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 and a half months to get that done. So plenty of time to really find kids that are going to fit our needs. So
0: good for UCF. Uh, let's talk a little bit about this bowl game coming up. Uh, first news is we, we already talked about Gabe Davis missing the bowl game because Mm -hmm. he declared for the draft i mean it's not there's nothing official that says he's not going to be there but all signs point to he won't be there um you know adrian killens came out with something on twitter today thanking night nation so he did it
1: doesn't look like he's going to play which i wouldn't blame him you don't want he doesn't want to hurt himself which would disqualify him from an opportunity of playing in the nfl so so i you know what and i
0: don't think any of us are disappointed with that i think we have a lot of young backs and we're excited to get them,
1: you know, some reps so that they're ready to go for next year. I am a Bentavious Thompson fan, and I've said this many <laughs> times on the show, and I want to see him play.
0: Yeah, it would be cool to see, uh, you know, someone like Demarius Good get in there. Yes, going to be the. We
1: have two really young backs that are local. I think we talked about that. One kid, I believe, is from Bishop Moore. Another kid from, um, oh God, Lake Brantley. Yeah. So we got two good young freshman kids that will have an opportunity to play as well. So give them the playing time. Let them tote the rock. I want to see. Absolutely. I want to see what they can do. Yeah, this is like a uh,
0: a spring, spring game. I mean, we still the, the thing on the line is the 10-win season, mm-hmm. which is something you can always hang your hat on. Um, Marshall's going to be ready to play for sure, and uh, hopefully we can go out and do what we do and, and win that. But that game is on Monday. Uh,
1: tickets are still available. You can get them as low as $35 on Ticketmaster now. That's right. And, I mean, you can get, still get them through UCF. I know that there was the option you can get them where – uh, you basically play for the club seating, um, like amenities, where you get like free, where you get the access to alcohol and food and stuff. Um, but you can get them through the school. I think it's cheap as sixty. But if you wait, if you go on Ticketmaster, let to be quite frank. If you wait until the day of, you can probably get them as low as like twenty bucks yeah. on resale. But if you have the opportunity to buy them through the school, you know it, it helps the athletic program because that money goes into their funds that help pay for. Everyone's clamoring to make sure we re-sign Randy Shannon. Okay, well, if you want to re-sign Randy Shannon, buy your freaking tickets to the UCF website because that's going to give us the funds to help re-sign him to a multi-million dollar contract because that's probably what it's going to take to keep him around. Yeah. And, uh, you know, if you're looking for me there, I will be in the front row. Oh, you got, you, got, you got
0: front row seats? <laughs> Very front row in the nice. UCF section 135. I think I'm going to dress up like a pirate just to get you into should.
1: the Gasparilla theme. I'll get you some flags. You can wave them <laughs> around. Dang. be a good time. Yeah, uh, that's unfortunate because... <laughs> my dog's going crazy. Um, yeah, it's, my wife and I won't be able to make it, unfortunately, simply because we've got our own Christmas stuff we got to do. we got to go down to South Florida on the 23rd, so we will not be able to attend the game, but I will be watching. Uh, another note we have here, the dungeon, which
0: is like the official UCF uh, message board and all things UCF news. If you wanted to uh, sign up for that, they're having a special right now where they are 25% off. And you also get a $75 Nike gift card for Rivals.com. So if you are interested in getting all the latest UCF news, um, the guy who runs the board is Brandon. I can't think of his last name, but he gives out great information throughout the year. All this stuff with the recruits that have been going on, we knew about this stuff days in advance because you know I am a member of that. I'm able to read that stuff. Um, you get the inside scoop with what's going on at the practices. Um, it's really... Really a good deal if you are a diehard UCF fan, but, um, if not, you know, we're always going to probably pass along a lot of that information on this podcast. Yeah, I mean, I
1: think I'm going to sign up. i I meant to sign up for, uh, the dungeon last year. I was, I literally had it. Like I was on the payment website and I was going to do it. And I think I fell asleep and just never <laughs> did it. And so I just went kind of the rest of the year without doing it. So I think I'm going to just at least get, I can get the 75 bucks for free Nike gear. Oh yeah. I mean, that's a pretty sweet deal. I
0: mean, it basically pays for itself if you do the deal. So. Yeah. Um, the other thing we want to talk about with college football, the, the only game that was this week was the Army-Navy game. Um, it was a rout by Navy. It I mean, was.
1: I mean, they lost the last two to Army, so they come back and win the first time in the last three years, and they just smacked the crap out of them, 31-7, right? Yep. So that that speaks good for Navy and for the American, and... Uh, That's what we're rooting for. I mean, unless you're... I mean, if you're a UCF fan and obviously like, served in the Army, I would imagine you would root for Army, but you know, beating Navy, Navy winning only just makes us look even better. And I, and I hate getting towards that point. Like, I used to always make fun of, like, SEC people that are like, oh, it just means more. And, like, they're always here for their conference. But I kind of get it when you're trying to get to a point of, like, getting to prestige and you want the kids to want to come to your school and play for American football. I, I get why they would support all the other schools that, that, that they're not playing at that moment. So, right. to an extent, I do understand that. And I for that, I'm grateful when Navy won.
0: Absolutely. The the only other point I wanted to bring up about that game was uh, you know, something that happened with the, the crowd actually. Some of the officers or or I don't even know what you call them oh, God. in the in the stands. They're,
1: they're, they, they're like the they're like what yeah, what are they called? They're like
0: cadets. Three or, yeah, they're cadets. Okay. They're they're known as cadets. They're all standing in the stands and one of the ESPN announcers, uh, Chris Fowler, I think, is is talking there and uh, some of the some of the cadets are flashing a a symbol which is like basically the okay symbol. And there's a huge hubbub or whatever throughout the nation about these guys are flashing white power symbols, and uh, they're going to do an investigation and, and check them out. And I, you know, I don't usually get into this political kind of stuff, but we're both high school teacher, former high school teachers, and the kids would do this to us constantly. This is all not, the time. I did ha- that when I was in high school. This has all the time.
1: Nothing to do with white power. This is what's called the circle game. It is. You make a circle with your index finger and thumb. And you have the other fingers flare out, and the rules are you have to get someone to inadvertently look at it, but it has to be below your waist. Correct. That's how you play the game. I played that all the freaking time, religiously in high school. Like, that was a thing, because if they look at it, you get to punch them in the arm. Yeah. So it was something I did all the time. And we would do the dumbest crap, like, elaborate stuff just to get you to do it, just to get you to look. So, yeah. And, and this happened, not that, I think there was another kid that did that, like, at a baseball game. And yeah. they showed it, and they made it a big deal, same as white power. It hasn't it is so <laughs> stupid i mean
0: i'm sure that in some fashion it stands for that but it if you don't tell people that no one knows that i mean everyone is I mean, if you watch any ucf game every third down everyone's making that symbol and uh you know every uh, fau game that's their symbol they're they're constantly making that so to Say that those kids are making a white power symbol. I, I mean, I guess
1: talk to them and just ask them, but we know what it is. So what you're saying is a student body of FAU are a bunch of white supremacists. <laughs> yeah. That's what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. Okay. even the
0: the different cultured ones are all white
1: supremacists, apparently. That's so
0: stupid. Anyway, I just wanted to get that off my chest because it's it's just nuts how far we're taking some of this stuff. But Yeah,
1: so just to break up the of sports real quick, I just want to say this okay. for those listening tonight's a big night we talked about this oh, God. so for those of you're going to listen to this tomorrow which is going to be the official day today is the first day you can go watch star wars episode nine and i know you're not excited i hope you can hear me smiling as i'm saying this i am freaking excited rise of skywalker baby starts or i think the first showing is tonight at six o'clock so is on four minutes so i'm gonna to have to go social media until 9 30 did i ever tell you the story of what happened uh, at the showing of force awakens we nope. went okay of course I did. Did you not a big So my wife and I and our my our buddy Tim our best my best friend Steve and we we all go to watch The Force Awakens. I believe at um was it Point Orlando maybe? We, but we go we go to a movie theater and we're going to go watch it and we were the second showing. So we waited for about 45 minutes before or actually no, it was actually almost a full service cuz people were leaving the theater having watched the movie and someone screamed or started to scream like there was a major character death that happened in the force awakens if you haven't seen the movie over to rock but han solo dies someone said that and got his ass kicked like three nerds like jumped this guy and just started <laughs> beating the crap out of him and i was like oh my god and i didn't i didn't hear what was said i just turned over and looked and saw that like there was these three guys like jumping on a guy as we were walking in the theater and i was like what happened some guy's like oh he tried making a spoiler i was like wow so i mean i'm a diehard fan and i obviously know that the fandoms can get crazy but if you if you are a star wars fan or interested you know hit me up on twitter so we can talk about that because i love talking star wars on twitter it's always a good time you guys are serious man it is serious i'm gonna bring my lightsaber and everything i'm not gonna dress (laughs) up like i told you i'm not a big dress up guy but i've got my own lightsaber i got from uh, galaxy's edge at disney it's my personalized lightsaber
0: Feel feel free to call me and give me as many spoilers as you want. Because, Happily, uh, I'll
1: text you throughout the movie what's happening. I'll give you like a like a minute by minute breakdown of the film, so you can get like a you can just have it processed in your brain visually of what's happening. Well, thank you very much. You're very welcome. Let's move
0: on here. We got uh, UCF men's basketball. They had a big game this week. I wasn't able to attend. You did. Uh, I think it was UCF and Bethune Cookman. Bethune Cookman. Yep. how well, BCU,
1: not BCC. We kept calling them BCC all game. I couldn't tell if we were trolling them, <laughs> or if we just for, if we really didn't know that they're now a university. But um, well, I got a little bit late. Caitlin and I walked in with about seven minutes left in the first half, and we were down by like eighteen points. Wow. So I was completely like befuddled. Like they almost have thirty, and they and I think we had like twelve or thirteen. And I was like, what is going on? And we made it – we slowly climbed back up. I think around halftime we were only down by, like, seven or eight. And then we ended up winning by five. And it was it was truly a grind. We didn't really have a whole lot of big men play. Uh, unfortunately, Colin Smith was in foul trouble from basically the beginning of the second half going forward. He had, like, four fouls with, like, 18 minutes left in the second half. So we had to pull him for a huge chunk of the um, – of the second half, he didn't really play. every digs. you know, he had some good buckets. He had some good defensive plays, so he looked like he's definitely maturing as a player, and it's awesome. I also didn't realize that Colin Smith is a junior, by the way, which is pretty freaking awesome, so we'll have him for another year. Um, but uh, I didn't see a lot of uh, Dre Fuller. He didn't play a lot. Uh, Green was on the bench for a good chunk of it. Uh, Caesar de Jesus had a phenomenal game, 17 points, and uh, made some really clutch buckets and free throws when it counted. So uh, the team looked good, and your boy, Matt Milan had a breakout. I believe he had double digit points and had some clutch threes cuz that's that's what kept getting us is we would get within like 3 or 4 or 5 points and then they would nail a three. And We had to climb back up, so we had we had uh, Caesar and Matt both kind of well, because now we're on first name basis. Um, <laughs> they had some pretty clutch uh, three pointers that helped get us back in the game, and then once we took the lead, we were able just to hang on and hold it off for the rest of the second half. So it was a good showing. Well, good. I guess I got to miss more games so Milan can have. Uh... Yeah, I mean, every time you don't come, Matt Milan's going to have a career game. So we'll
0: keep it that way. Well, that makes five in a row for UCF now, so not nine and two on the year. Mm-hmm. A pretty good record. Uh,
1: what, did, where, what, what was our record coming into this point last year?
0: Was I think it, it was similar. The difference is we haven't played any teams Q2 of- or Q1 teams. And, and, you know, I'm not up to date on the way they do basketball, but apparently, like, depending on how good the team is, they kind of split them into Q1, Q2, Q3, and Q4. Mm-hmm. So we've played a lot of Q3 and Q4s, and... Um, We have a Q1 that we're going to be playing in a couple days here. Oklahoma. Oklahoma. So Mm -hmm.
1: that's going to be a big game for us. They just lost,
0: you said, to... They
1: lost two games. They dropped their last two to uh, Crichton and Wichita State, who's obviously in our conference, and we play. So, um, you know, they lost the two last games. And when I looked kind of through their schedule, seeing who they played, they haven't played a lot of heavy talent either. So, I mean, they obviously play in a very stacked conference with teams like Kansas and Texas in there who are both good basketball schools and Baylor. Um, So I know that that's obviously going to be, you know, possibly an issue with the fact that they play those heavy teams. But, you know, the Americans aren't a slouch for basketball either. So, you know, I'm definitely intrigued to see how we stack up against Oklahoma because that's going to be really telling of what this team is this year.
0: Right, and we've played a lot of cupcake games so far. Um, You know, some of them really close, but we've got – I think our next four games. There's two Q1s that we play and two Q2s. I think Houston is a is a Q1 as well. I believe
1: so. And we also so the of the next four games. I believe they are Oklahoma, Temple, Houston, and Cincinnati.
0: Right. So I think Cincinnati and Temple are both Q2, but they're also conference games, which are going to be mm-hmm. huge. Um,
1: I'm surprised that they're only a Q2 because well, I mean Cincinnati's a pretty big basketball school. Yeah. And so is Temple. So. But they they had a flub the
0: other day. I watched. Uh, their, their star. I can't remember what his name is. I think it was like five seconds left on the clock and he throws a, there's a tie game and he throws the ball from half court for some ungod known reason. And uh, they end up fouling the other player and losing by one to some team they definitely shouldn't have lost to. So maybe that's why Cincinnati isn't rated as high as they have been a couple other things that are important to note. Um, one of the players for UCF is no longer with UCF. He was trying to get great eligible uh, he came from TCU. I think his name was uh Ute Aluck. Um, yeah, he was
1: he transferred last year and had to sit out right. Or he transferred yeah. the year before that. I believe he had to redshirt last year, didn't he? I can't remember, but I know that, that UCF was looking forward to having him starting,
0: you know, a couple days ago mm-hmm. and uh, he wasn't on the bench the other day and Johnny Dawson said he's just he's no longer with the team, which we all take as he you know failed
1: out of UCF he didn't make the grades nah, it's in... so, that's such a waste of talent it's a waste of a lot of things so that's and that. it's not like those athletes are taking freaking biomechanic rocket science or right anything like and that. you know like,
0: they have all the help they they can get oh yeah I'm, I'm
1: actually friends with uh, uh okay, I'll take it back once they were friends but you know I, I'm acquainted with a gentleman who works with the athletes I believe he, he was going for his doctorate degree at UCF his name is Lucas and I'm pretty sure his whole thing was he worked with the student-athletes, specifically like baseball and soccer and stuff, with getting them tutored and making sure they were doing all the right things and keeping their grades up. And like he explained his thesis about education, and he's a really bright guy. And what he when he explained all that stuff to me, it, like, it was baffling just how much effort they put into keeping those kids eligible, because that's his job. He gets paid to make sure those kids' grades stay up, which is insane. So when you have people like that that look out for you, it blows my mind that you would flunk out like that. The other
0: big basketball note is not for UCF, but Memphis, who has the number one player in the country, is going to be the number one draft pick, um, is no longer with Memphis. Yeah, and that's right. He's, uh, he's going to start early for his NBA career, was the explanation. I'm kind of wondering if he suffered through the same thing that our players suffered through and maybe didn't make the grades.
1: I mean, it's possible. I mean, he's you got to think you all you have to do is be in college for a year. That's all you have to, I mean and I think the rule I don't think the rule states you necessarily have to play college basketball. It just says that you you have to be a year removed from high school. Correct. So a lot of kids are going to go play college basketball to give them another another outlet to showcase their talent and you know get some credits here and there for college hopefully and all the perks that come with being a major recruit for college. So I think what's most likely happened is he's going to start playing again in January and the NBA draft is only a couple months from there. So why risk getting hurt playing, what, 13 games to then go into the draft and possibly if you blow out your knee or something of that extreme, you're no longer going to be the number one pick. You might drop to the second round. or You might not get drafted at all. So why risk it if you're guaranteed to be a top three lottery pick? You might as well just wait it out and go play in the NBA. Well,
0: I can – I guess I can stop looking forward to that Memphis game at UCF because yeah. I, was, I was, was hoping to see. I was hoping to, uh, but, you
1: know, <laughs> hopefully that, it's going to give us a much better chance to win. Right, sure. right, right. So hopefully that'll pay off. Um, let's move on here. We got the Magic. You know, not a whole lot of things to say about them. No, they dropped their last two. I think the last time we spoke, we were talking about how they got these two Western Conference games that are going to be kind of a tough little stretch. We played the Jazz, and we played—who um, else did we play? also the Jazz—oh, and, and the Nuggets. because yeah. the Jazz have Mitchell. Who is a stud, and they beat us by I think like ten, and then we played the Nuggets, and they've got that kid Jokic, and they beat us. Down. I think that I don't think they beat us by more than ten. I think it was a fairly close game, but in at one point, in, I think we were up by seven with like seven minutes left, and then we ended up losing by six. So, you know, that's pure magic fashion to do something like that. No. But we got a a big game, I believe, tomorrow against the Trailblazers, correct? Who are where both of us are going to be twelve and sixteen. So. Uh, two teams with the exact same record were the number eight seed. They're the number nine seed in the West. So we both playing for a lot to stay in position and make the playoffs. So should be a good game. And they, and if you haven't really watched the NBA too much, the two players they got between DJ McCollum and, um, they have that really awesome point guard whose name is slipping me right now. Shoot. Oh my God. It's like right at the tip of my tongue. I know him. He's got a really, really funny, uh, this is sports center commercial. Um, Let me look it up um, Yeah, look it up for me Because it's going to bother me If I don't know his name But, you know, they got two of the best <clears throat> Guards in the NBA Playing on the same team So it's going to be interesting To see if we can defend The perimeter against them Blazers point guard
0: Yeah Who is it? Oh, oh, Russell Westbrook Is no. that what we're talking about? No I mean Damian Lillard sorry. Damian
1: Lillard sorry, There sorry, we go sorry. Yeah, Lillard time He's, he's always oh, yeah. got Lillard time So uh, between McCollum and Lillard Those are two really, really good players That they have on max contracts So uh, that's going to be a tough game for sure. We'll see if we can pull it out.
0: So good luck to the Magic. You know, keep cheering them on. Hopefully, we can make a run here at some uh, point. Yeah, I
1: just want to see. I just want to go back. Back to back years in the playoffs would be pretty great. Even if we're first round exits, it just gives something for Orlando to to grab onto. Yeah, they just need that support.
0: Yeah, and I, I don't want to be grabbing onto the uh, Orlando Dreamers anytime soon. So oh, no,
1: <laughs> not with that name. I, I wish. I wish. Pat would just come out and be like, "Listen, I'm sorry I called him the Dreamers. Let's just do something different, like the Dragons or something, just something other than the Dreamers. I would have supported the Dragons so much more. That ties into Disney. It ties into the Magic because we got a dragon as our mascot for the Magic. Sure, it's a lot of cool stuff there, but but it is what it is. All right, let's
0: let's wrap up the show here. We've got our three Christmas sports wishes um, that we would like to see in 2020." Okay. I, I don't know if you want me to go first or you want to go gonna, first. want to go back
1: and forth? We'll do one and one, two that, and two. Okay. That sounds fun. Okay, so start off. with What's your number three sports wish to happen for 2020? Um,
0: I guess I'll go back. Well, no, I guess that's the number one. So I'll start th- I'll start it off with this one. Okay, so this is a wrestling sports wish. And okay. I know a lot of you guys don't follow wrestling, but one of our good friends who was on... Th-
1: people don't follow wrestling? What?
0: <laughs> one of our good friends who was on the show before, Steve D'Agostino's younger brother... Who is a big-time UCF wrestling? Uh, you know, I guess you could say fan when he was a kid and, and followed us all along. He uh, he signed with Northwestern. And has been wrestling lights out this year. He's top ten in the country right now. So. He is.
1: He, I mean, he, I believe he wrestled. He beat two top ten wrestlers in one tournament and lost to like the number one overall player. Yeah. So, so he's having a ridiculous. hell of a year.
0: So my 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 first wish would be that he is an all American this year in Division One wrestling. And uh, we uh-huh. wish we wish him the best. But he's fun and exciting to watch. You know, he, he didn't, is. He didn't win a Florida State championship, which is another cool little thing about him he blew out his knee his senior year he probably Mm should have won it when he was a sophomore and a junior it just didn't happen Um, but he is killing it now and all of Florida is is in his corner so I'd like to see him become an All-American.
1: Is he a better wrestler than Steven?
0: 100%.
1: <laughs> ooh, ooh. Stephen, I would actually. I, I want to see like I, I'm excited for the for the for the annual Christmas wrestling match between those two. Now that Steve's an old broken man and Michael is this young thug coming up yeah. re- top ten in the nation, which we love you, Michael. It's, I remember Michael when he was just like a little jit when he was like probably no taller than my knee, running around creating chaos, and yeah. now seeing him wrestle the best athletes in the nation is freaking ridiculous so that's a really good one i like that one like it, it, it hits home with like some personal stuff right there that's gonna make mine feel like crap because none of mine or anything good like that oh right, well, what's your number? selfish
0: what's your number three
1: my number three would be that jacksonville would completely clean house in the offseason i want nick Foles gone tom coughlin's already been fired so one, like one fourth of my dream is over is almost there i want i mean i'd I feel bad for Doug Marone, their head coach, because he, I think he just got a really raw deal. I, I've loved him for his badassery of just, like, leaving Buffalo and just saying, like, I hate the ownership, I hate the GM, I'm out, and quit. And a lot of Buffalo fans are pissed about that, but I respected it because he said, no, I'm not going to be held back by crappy leadership. And he comes to Jacksonville, and what does he do? He gets crappy leadership. And so they throw him under the bus all season, but I think that he needs to go just for a fresh start. I want to see Dave Caldwell, their GM, go. I almost bored I want to see their owner Shad Khan gone because that man is such a – he just doesn't give a crap about football. He just cares about the money. So I want a clean slate, and I want to see Jacksonville led by the mustache man himself, Minshew Mania, going into 2020 and hopefully competing for a division title. That's my last place dream for uh at least my my professional football team all right well Very I, thought, selfish. I
0: thought that would have been one of your first
1: ones but that's and that's number three nah, so jack jacksonville football's fallen off for me this year i've been so apathetic to it that like i almost don't like watching us i don't like my sundays being ruined i've i have not i don't think i've watched the last two games because i didn't want to be pissed <laughs> so like i just i'll just look at the score and go uh eh. at least i did not have to watch that loss and walk away even though we won the last one but whatever
0: all right, you want me to go to number two now? Yeah, you go number two. All right, so
1: this one uh, is never going to happen,
0: but it's a wish, so I can have a wish. My brother is a big soccer fan, and uh, he I, is. Which one? Uh, Cj. Oh, Okay. He's a big, he watches. Uh, who's his team? Manchester City, I think. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. I don't yeah. know Cj very well. Sorry, he likes CJ. soccer. You know, I made him wrestle in high school instead of playing soccer. But anyway, so my wish is he makes me watch it, and I definitely watch it. You know, World Cup time and Olympics time. My wish is that they. Figure out a way to have clock stoppage in that game because it is so (laughs) annoying when people go on the ground and pretend they're hurt and the clock is running and there's some kind of ref system where they keep track of the time. It irks me to no end with soccer and I can't be a fan of soccer because of that one situation. So if they can find a way to stop the clock for certain things in soccer, I'm on board.
1: Okay. I think that's fair. (laughs) So my second thing is going to be that the New York Mets make the playoffs. That's all I want to see. I know and the, again, my wishes are purely selfish here. You're being a little more like for the world. Like you're you're, <laughs> you're you're wishing great things for a friend's brother. You're wishing that something that annoys most fans on the planet would get. I'm just like, "No, nah, I just want the New York Mets to make the playoffs." I um, didn't even know you were a Nets fan or a Mets fan. I, I am. Mean, my family's from Queens. So, wow. I think one of my first sporting events ever when I was a kid was going to Shea Stadium and seeing the Mets with my dad. I barely I don't think I remember it at all, but <laughs> Yeah, so right. Mets. I just want the Mets to not suck. And we got a. Does Daryl Strawberry still play for them? Or yeah, he doesn't. He's not playing him. He's just he's snorting cocaine in the in the, in the bathroom. But <laughs> no, he doesn't play anymore. Unfortunately, <laughs> they do have a new. Uh, well, God, what was his name? They got a new manager. Carlos Beltran's now their manager. Okay. Who played for the Mets for five injury injury riddled seasons? So we'll see how that goes. They're probably going to suck again. Whatever. All my teams suck except for UCF. My, they've been my only hope over the last three years. UCF, you're my only hope. Yes, it's the Star Wars reference. Look go. at you. <laughs> you're making strides.
0: All right, let's go number one. Here's my, my Christmas wish, and I think this is probably most people's Christmas wish for sports, is that the NCAA Division One Football League establishes a legitimate playoff that anyone can be a part of based on performance. That is my wish for the NCAA to have a real playoff, and I'm sure a lot of people share that sentiment with me.
1: Will never happen. <laughs> Ever. That's not going to happen. Although no. I do wish that that would be a wonderful thing. So, my number one wish is college football related as well, because it might been my only joy for my past several sports years, but would be that the conferences would expand starting 2021. So, we would have the opportunity of hopefully going to a more, a more prestigious conference, or maybe we would bring in people that would raise our prestige so we would get the respect that the Power Five or however they want to brand themselves would actually like give to us and would give us an opportunity of something like making it into a possible playoff. That would be what I, I want I want cuz right now it looks like conference expansion isn't going to happen for another 5 years. All these TV deals that were signed up, it's just it, it's not it's not in the cards at the moment and there's not a lot of, you know, movement in that direction, but I would love to see that sped up and get us the opportunity to either you know, make a super conference with the ACC, I don't care bring us into the, into a a different form, big 12, or let's just go grab, you know, BYU, Boise state, a couple other big boys and make our conference just a little, which a lot of people say like, that's just, that won't even be enough for us to gain any respect, but whatever it takes. One thing that happened that was
0: interesting, I don't know if this is actually went through, but I saw it on Twitter is that the mountain West was either in talks or they signed an official deal to not be, um, you know, not with ESPN, but with, I think Fox and CBS. So like they wouldn't so ESPN effectively would stop talking about the Mountain West, which mm-hmm. which may make a team like Boise or San Diego State or Colorado State want to jump ship and join the American and That's very true. The American could be the first super conference with sixteen and, and I believe well I,
1: I Pac twelve has sixteen. Oh do they? Yeah. Which okay. is funny because they're called the Pac twelve. Right. But they're not. Okay. Um just like the Big Ten don't have ten. Yeah, Just yeah. fun facts. And the Big 12, <laughs> have 10. ten. Yeah. yeah, it's just college football is just wonderful like that. But yeah, I've heard that too, and I believe the payout for those conferences is less than $2 million per school, mm-hmm. which is ridiculous. So that so, might help us in the end. You know? yeah, hopefully. I mean, Colorado State and Boise State would be two massive pickups for the American. Those are two schools in, I wouldn't say premier locations, Colorado would be a great state for football for us to be, have a footprint in. And obviously, Boise State has some prestige being arguably the best group of five school from the last 25 years, so... I'll be pretty amazing. Did you see that also Boise State's like number one in the nation for winning percentage from like the last like 50 years or something like that? I did not catch yeah, that. They, they, they just, they broke the record a couple of weeks ago in terms of percentage, like 0.1 higher than it was like Michigan or something like that. But yeah, they're arguably one of the best football programs that ever existed. So good for them. Yeah. Pretty great.
0: All right. Well, let's wrap this thing up. Uh, you know, thanks for joining us here at three night Bender. Uh, we are, you can find us on Twitter
1: mm-hmm. at, uh, at three night Bender at three night. Bender. You can find, you can follow me, boozos at coach boozos You can follow, uh, Hauser at HauserTube. And we also actually just started an Instagram and a Facebook page. So you can feel free to go look us up on Facebook at three night Bender. Give us a like, and you can, and you can like, and subscribe to us on Instagram at three night Bender. So follow us on social media platforms for all updates. You know, we're actually also, just a little drop on this and we're saying goodbye, but we're going to be. Dropping some Three Night Bender merch here in the near future. Some wonderful looking t-shirts. So we'll have that slowly leaked out. No no surprise, it's probably going to look exactly like our logo, but on a (laughs) shirt. But it should look really cool. So we'll give updates as those slowly come out and give opportunities to win those shirts. So, Thank you for listening again. We appreciate it. Have a happy holiday and Merry Christmas.
0: Merry Christmas.